Hey guys, welcome back to the Parable of the Fig Tree. It is October, Friday the 16th already, and I wanted to share my personal testimony, something the Lord had impressed on my heart, uh, something that quite frankly I kind of struggle with, uh, you know, kind of a, not shy, but I just don't like sharing personal things, <laughs> and the Lord was just really uh, wrestling with me and saying, hey, you know, get to it. So I got to obey the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I do believe this is for someone. If it's just for one person, this will be something that will really bless you if you need this confirmation. And I think that's why I'm doing it, because there might be 10 or 20 people out there that really need to get this extra confirmation. So I'm going to be obedient and follow the, the nudging of the Holy Spirit. If you're new to our channel, we're all about encouraging the Bride of Christ as we're waiting for the Lord, according to Hebrews 9.28. Uh, I'm an elder and missionary to the body of Christ, Bible teacher, and I want to share with you my testimony that goes back to 2017. Uh, you know, I've said it before, I've been walking with the Lord since my youth, uh, since uh, a little boy, and uh, something unique happened to me in 2017 that I want to discuss with you guys and share it with you, and hopefully it'll be a blessing. But before I do, uh, I have to go over this, because not everyone is familiar with Acts 2.17, that in the last days God declares, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters shall prophesy, young men shall see visions, and old men shall dream dreams. We have a repeat again in Joel 2.28, where it's also quoted that uh, it's the same exact verse, almost, to the letter. Then afterward I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Young men shall see visions. Something I want to go over, because not everyone's familiar with what the Lord is doing, what the Holy Spirit has been doing for the past probably five, ten years. Uh, everyone, tens of thousands of people all around the world, receiving uh, dreams and visions. And it started in my youth, probably around the age of seven. I could remember the first ones, the first uh, Great Tribulation dreams, terrifying, and of course the Rapture dreams as well. And then I had a good 20-year break. Uh, I didn't really get anything, and then things picked back up again in 2017. So I'll share that with you guys in a little bit. And again, we all have different gifts. Romans 12 tells us um, that we have gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us. Some prophecy, some faith, ministering, teachers. We have exhorters, givers, the leaders, intelligence. That we have those who are given the Holy Spirit gift of cheerfulness and compassion. Many different gifts. Please read about them in the Bible. Uh, how the Holy Spirit differs them out to his body. Because we're his body, not ours. Alright? So, um, I want to get into this. Prior to 2017, honestly guys, I had no clue uh, of the eminency, of the nearness of the Lord's return. Uh, in 2017, if anything, I felt just an increase of just evil. Just full-blown and I was questioning the Lord, like, what is going on? Like, you know, just looking at things that are going on in the world and relatively just sensing an increase of evil pretty much everywhere. I remember that uh, 2017 being a really dark year um, and just just evil uh, in general. But I had no clue, no clue uh, until this particular event. I shared this. I do believe that I shared this back in 2017. I had a YouTube channel. I had to take it down because I got really busy, and I couldn't just I couldn't keep up with it. But I'll share this again for those of you who who didn't hear it then. And I, I hate sharing it. Honestly, it's it's a good thing. I'm just very private and I'm very kind of timid and not bashful. But again, I'm private. Private people, <laughs> introverts. Uh, I'm both an introvert and an extrovert. I kind of have both of those in my personality. But when it comes to personal things, I don't like to share. 
<laughs> but I will be obedient because, again, this is for someone. Someone does need to hear this for that extra confirmation. Maybe one of you are doubting that this isn't the season. Maybe it's 10, 20, 30 years out. And, you know, maybe this whole thing is wrong, you know. Um, so this is for you. Um, so, again, you know, prior to this event, I had no rapture dreams uh, about probably 20 years, actually. I had no visions prior to 2017 about his nearness. And this was the kickoff event for me. Uh, this began everything. Um, so fun facts that'll help you fill in the details. Uh, I'm, I might have mentioned this before in one of the other uploads. I've been crippled for about over six years. A couple years ago, I was fully just crippled, man, really messed up. Uh, you know, multiple autoimmune dis dis disorders and nervous system complications and horrendous fibromyalgia and all kinds of crazy autoimmune uh, nerve uh, conditions, nerve syndromes. Um, and the Lord has a purpose for everything. Very dangerous, the worst time of my life, easily. But the Lord used it, you know. Uh, he has a way of you know, taking our ashes and making them something beautiful in the hands of the Maker. So he really used about six years to draw me closer. Really just <laughs> a lot of uh, just conditioning and, and ministering to me. And I really dove into his word, uh, you know, being crippled. You can't go outside and there's, there's not much you can do. So I really spent a lot of time just bathing in his presence. I mean, honestly, I was desperate. I was in so much pain. I needed God. So we know that about God. He's not a respecter of persons. You know, he is the same with someone who's crippled or infirmed and who can't walk or someone who is just struggling with you know, anything, really. I mean, there's so many different chronic disorders that are out there. Fibromyalgia, there's rheumatoid arthritis, and there's levels of them. Some people can have them deeper than others, and then it gets worse when you have like three or four or five all at the same time. So, uh, you know, God really reached out to me, and he really, I was super desperate for his presence. I was in his word. I was praying. I was seeking the Lord. I didn't have anywhere else to go. It's not like I could go outside or, or, or do things that normal people could do. Uh, I had lost my ability to move around. So being in a wheelchair for over a year, very tough. Got it back. God blessed me with that. And uh, he, re he restored a measure of health uh, prior in the years ahead. But during this period of my time, it was very difficult. And he really reached out to me as the comforter. Praise the Lord. He was there, guys. Um, so now fast forward to 2017. I'm much healthier, still struggling with my health. Four different autoimmune disorders. I had mostly with nutrition and other things that I was doing, I had gotten that together and I was working, doing, you know, just really life was good, you know. So 2017 was here, very, very busy. This I was teaching, doing a lot of different things, wearing multiple hats and really, really, really busy. And I remember being in the kitchen for this particular event. Uh, I was in the kitchen. In fact, work had just finished and I was cooking a meal uh, for my wife at the time. You know, my, my wife is a chef. We love cooking, just something that God has blessed us with. We It's just something that really helps to clear our minds. Um, we even cook everything from scratch. It's just, it's it's fun for us. So, uh, yeah, we're really into nutrition. So I was cooking a meal, preparing the onions. Um, we love onions. <laughs> and it's something that uh, we pretty much eat with all the time. So preparing onions, the peppers and everything. And right in the middle, right in the middle of of preparing the vegetables, and I was alone in the kitchen. In fact, my wife was out. The kids were out. Um right in the middle of me doing the preparations. And again, I'm not conservative by any means uh, of the way, you know, uh, but this is something that happened and I'll just give it to you as it happened. Um, cooking, cutting the onions, okay? And it was like a strong wind, whoosh, enter the room. And uh, it was the Holy Spirit. And in my youth, I've spent a lot of time in all night prayers at the church and 
just praying, 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 just immersed in the, a culture of being very engaged uh, with prayer and Bible reading and being really, really serious with it. So I'm familiar with the Holy Spirit with me in this particular way, uh, but this was unusual. It was very, very strong. Uh, the last time I had experienced anything like this in 2017 was probably like a decade prior to that, being an all-night prayer and just seeking the Lord and and all of that. So this was very unusual. His presence was very strong, uh, and it was very rare that I felt this level of intensity, and he really got my attention, and I think that's the point to it. <laughs> he really got my undivided attention. I dropped the knife, stopped cutting, closed my eyes, and uh, this was just um, an event unlike anything, very, very unusual, even even today, maybe just very, very rare. Uh, and for me, his wind is always like a fresh, minty, cool, refreshing breeze, always peaceful, um, very distinct. And it reminds me of that verse in Psalm 1611, where it says that in his presence is fullness of joy. So for me, again, without a father, uh, you know, just difficulty growing up whenever I would close my eyes get into a closet close the door behind me I'd pray he his presence was always there for me as a youth who didn't have a father and spent a lot of time alone isolated always had a daddy that was there for me and I'm sure you guys have a very similar experience as well if you're walking with the Lord that presence is there he's there and there's that joy that's there too um so this was unusual. I stopped cutting the onions. You know, this was many years later. You know, I'm not a teenager anymore. Those days are a little over with. And I didn't I didn't really cool my relationship with the Lord, but that those really intense experiences that I had as a teenager and as like a 10 or a 12 year old, um, they kind of waned, you know, and I was still on fire with the Lord, still doing my own thing, still teaching, still, you know, trying to be an encouragement to others. But here we are, 2017, I'm in my early 30s. And bam, his presence just sweeps into the kitchen so strong. I felt like he was going to lift me off my feet. Stopped cutting, closed my eyes. He got my he he got my undivided attention immediately. Okay, and uh, just just a beautiful trying to explain to you how what what it felt like. Um, and then I hear this right in the middle of of this intense Holy Spirit rush, this presence, this peace, this wind. It's the only way I can explain it. Like in your spirit, it just feels like a wind is blowing. Well, you know, it's different for everyone, I'm sure. Some people say it's a fire. Some people it's warmth. And there's always that joy. But for me, it's just that cool, minty. Sometimes it's that fire too, but uh, wind. Um, anyways, this is what he said to me. He said, with a certain stillness and very distinct to my own spirit, he said, you're going to be moving soon. One verse, just you're going to be moving soon. That's what he spoke, still small voice, right into my, right into my soul, right into my heart. And then he flashed several images of heaven through my mind, and I knew that it was in direct regards to the rapture. Uh, with those words, you're going to be moving soon, bam. Um, several images of, of, uh, of heaven and he, he meant the rapture. And I'm like, what, what, are you, what, what, what are you, are you just, I, I was dumbfounded. Uh, this was about three years ago. Uh, tears were in my eyes, um, just from the sheer volume of his presence. And he, then he left just as fast as it had come. Uh, the experience was over. I was left dumbfounded. I stood in the kitchen for maybe an hour or two. I didn't move an inch. I was just completely dumbfounded. This was back in 2017. And I, and I still, I still hold on to that, you know, well, I, I tell my wife, well, this is what he told me, you know, you're going to be moving soon. My, my wife will say, oh, well, maybe he meant that 
you're going to be moving, David. You know, we did move, remember? Uh, and she's right. We moved about a year and a half later, actually. We did move. But I said, no, honey, this is what he said. You know, and of course, he got me into the word. Okay, well, is anyone else see, having these experiences? Or, you know, and, and it started. I didn't even need to ask the question. The next day, the, the, the rapture dreams started up again, the visions. And it hasn't stopped. It's been a good 15-year break between the dreams and the visions as a little seven-year-old boy. Um, having all those dreams and visions then as a little kid that can be overwhelming you know seeing the great tribulation and raw you know video <laughs> in your dreams i had to actually pray and ask the lord to stop it was so overwhelming and he did and then about 15 20 years right up into 2017 bam they all start back up again and then right after this event you're going to be moving soon so yeah guys uh this is some this is for someone who's maybe doubting you know maybe you got your hopes up and you're like, you know what, this isn't going to happen, and you want to, you know, go back to fishing like Peter. No, we are in the season. No one knows the day or the hour. I don't know the day or the hour. I have that urgency, uh, and I have this promise that he gave me, you know. Uh, he told me, this is what he told me in my heart, you know. Um, and I believe that. He didn't give me a date. I don't know the hour. No one does. Uh, but this was back in 2017. While I was cutting onions, wasn't thinking of anything, hadn't had a rapture dream prior to that, or a vision, nothing. Boom. So, yeah, this is what started it. This was the kind of the kickoff event in my own soul and in my own spirit. And it got me, and right after that, the Lord was like, okay, I need you to go out there and start teaching on this. And, and I had a few conferences and visited the churches and started teaching on the pre-trib rapture. And there's the scoffers and the mockers. Oh, he's not coming soon. And we got people. It was, it was wonderful, you know, and I did that for about a year. Um, started up a small little YouTube channel. And then, you know, I got busy. I had to, I had to take that down. But now I'm back again. The Lord was like, okay, I need you to start sharing again. I need you to share again. I said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll do it if that's what you want. Um, so I'm sharing this with someone. This is why I'm sharing it. Uh, it's out of obedience. Um, one of you out there needs to hear that the Lord really is coming soon. You know, so, so many people think that he's not or that there's a delay. Maybe it's 50 years. Oh, maybe it's another 200 years, you know, or my, I'm not getting that even an inch of that. It is soon. And it's not just soon. It's very soon. Something is about to go down and you can feel that. You don't even need me to tell you. Some of you are like, oh yeah, this is just confirmation. You already know. Uh, and then half the, half the Christians are like, oh no, 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 no. You know, it's whatever you guys, uh, you know, no one knows the day or the hour he's coming in. Maybe, you know, maybe some other time. No, we can feel it. I do believe it's soon. We don't know the day or the hour. We know that we're in the season. We can see that day counting down. Just look at what's going on in the world. Um, and no, I'm not a prophet. Um, Immediately, whenever someone, you know, says, shares an experience like that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Not a prophet. Never said I was one. I don't like being in the spotlight. I don't like receiving any form of reverence or praise from anyone. Give all glory to God. I'm simply one of daddy's kids. I love Jesus more than any human being on earth, including my wife and my family. I love the Lord. I was raised without a father. I've never had a longing for this world or a desire to be famous or well-known. I'm not ambitious. Um, and it's okay if you are ambitious. There's many business owners, and that's great. Awesome. God has given you that gift of, of being a steward. Fabulous. But I don't have a drive for, you know, coveting this or that. You know, I'm a nice person. That's what people say, at least. Uh, I'm a teacher. Uh, I'm not just a Bible teacher, but I teach on many different things. I go to, you know, universities. Fun stuff. But I don't care about how many people like me or Facebook friends. I'm not ashamed to talk about sin, hell, or the need for repentance. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I love Daddy. And I know I'm not alone. Uh, that's why. It's the only reason I'm up here back on YouTube, because Jesus 
you know, the Lord wanted me to be, to be obedient. So, um, the Lord is all I want. And I know many of you are right there with me, you know, and I care for the bride in this hour. There's so much deception, and that's where the Lord really wanted me to share. There's overwhelming deception in these last hours, okay? And that's why I want to add my voice to the, to the symphony of those who are crying out for the need for repentance, to turn away from sin, to get ready for the Lord to return, because He is coming. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Stay focused on Father as we wait. People think normal is going to return. Oh, we're going to get over this. You know, oh, everything's fine. It's just great. You know, and you know, it's just truth. Things will never be the same again. And many of you already know that. Uh, but normal will never return. Uh, I don't believe it will. Judgment is here to stay. Christ is coming. And I feel that in the core of my being. So I hope this testimony blesses one of you who needed to hear this. This was hard for me to, to share. I don't like sharing this stuff. Uh, I'm a very private person, but this is for one of you who really needed this confirmation. We really are in the season of the King's return. You're, you're not crazy. This sense of urgency that's there, God put that there for a reason. Just look around you. Look at how many people are fully asleep. Look at all the sin that's being um, promoted in the church, you know, pornography, idolatry, you know, gossiping and, and drinking and people engaging in the lusts of the flesh. Okay. So I don't know if I have enough time to share it. Maybe I can get through it really fast, but I wanted to share with you another thing that the Holy Spirit had laid on my heart. It's about the wheat and the tares. Some of you have already heard this, but I want to share it one more time because I just need to be obedient. Someone needs to hear this as well. The Bible does say that the wheat and the tares grow apart. It says, let them grow together, okay? They grow together, but we need, to, we need to be able to tell them apart. So this is why I want to share this with you, okay? Matthew 13, 24 tells us, he put forth to them a saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in a field. But while this man slept, his enemy came, and we know the enemy is the devil, and the enemy sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, and, and, you know, the owner would be God and the servants would be the angels. Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field, Jesus? Did you not sow good seed in your field? Okay. How then does it have tares? And Jesus said to his angels, an enemy has done this. That enemy would be the devil. So the servant said to him, well, do you, do you, the angels, do you want us to go and gather up all the tares? And Jesus said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest that harvest is the rapture let them grow together until the rapture until the harvest at the harvest there will be the wheat and the tares will finally after 2000 years be divided let them both grow together and at the time of the harvest there goes the rapture again i will say to the reapers the angels first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, we need to understand this parable because there are spiritual impostors. The wheat and the tares are twins. They look exactly the same. They talk the same. They move the same. They both carry their Bibles. You know, they look the same. They're both very nice. Both the tares are. Some tares can sometimes be even nicer uh, than the wheat. Okay, they both go to church. They both talk about the rapture. They both believe that they're going in the rapture. Even though they're twins, they are infinitely different. And I want to go over this very quickly. One obeys Jesus. That would be the wise virgins. The others, the tares, they hate obeying Jesus. One is lukewarm. The other is on fire for Jesus. Okay. One loves the world and loves sin. 
the other hates sin and turns away from worldly lusts. One walks in repentance, the other hates repentance, hates the, even the word, and they're proud of their immorality. One fears and honors God, that will be the wise virgins. The other does not honor God or fear God. One says, God cares about how you live your life. Be holy, for I am holy. That's what the Bible says. The other says, do whatever you want. You're once saved, always saved. Never turn away from your pornography. Never stop excessive drinking. Never stop gossiping. It's faith alone. God is love. Live it up. This is what they say. You know, this, the hypergrace doctrine says you can do whatever you want. Never obey the Lord Jesus. I've heard this on their blogs. I've seen it on YouTube. On YouTube. Never obey Jesus. Never repent. Never turn away from sin. You don't need to obey Jesus. And you don't even need a relationship with the Lord Jesus. I heard that from one of their great leaders, these teachers and pastors on YouTube. Okay, this is what they say, and they're proud of it. They say that you don't need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This should be an obvious lie, but so many people are buying this stuff. They say it's faith alone. You don't need a relationship with the Lord. A direct quote from one of their leaders. I hope he repents. I hope he turns away from that statement, but I don't think they will. One obeys a doctrine of demons. Okay, the Bible says it in First Timothy's. Now, the Spirit expressively says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of, de of demons. Okay, so we need to be obedient to the Lord, because all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Very soon, the twins will be separated in the rapture event. I've shared this before, but I wanted to get this out one more time, one last time, okay? Because the world will truly know who loved Jesus and who didn't, and who didn't love him, ultimately. They're going to be separated. We know this, okay? And I wanted to share one quick story the Lord gave me, the Holy Spirit gave me, very, very early in the morning. This was just yesterday. Um, and he said, and this is what he, literally, I woke up and he flashed a story. I had to get a pen and write it down really, really fast. And, and the question was, David, what if you lived a once saved, always saved, faith alone lifestyle? What if you lived with faith alone, never obey the Lord lifestyle? So this is the story the Holy Spirit gave me. I'm going to, I have it written down. I'm just going to share it with you just as I wrote it down. So what if I lived, what would it be like if I lived a faith alone, never obey Jesus lifestyle? While I would wake in the morning, and jump right out of bed without prayer, or a time of personal reflection or Bible study. After all, it's faith alone. So I wouldn't have any need to pray or seek the Lord for, for strength to live a holy, obedient, obedient lifestyle to Him. For me, walking in the Spirit requires a verb intentionality of seeking God for spiritual strength in the morning. I wouldn't need to put on the full armor of God. I wouldn't need to subject every thought to captivity. I wouldn't need to seek after the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't need to do any of that. I wouldn't need to take up a shield of faith because, after all, it's faith alone. And being obedient to the Lord, well, I don't really need to do that. So now, I have no need to resist the devil or he'll flee from me. There's no need to take any thought captive, so obedience doesn't matter. I don't have to worry about bridling my tongue or letting my speech be seasoned with salt. Oh, that takes way too much energy and way too much intentionality and way too much seeking the Holy Spirit. I just enjoy my freedom. I don't need power or I don't need to seek the Holy Spirit for any of that. Well, because it's faith alone. So without the Holy Spirit, I, I, I notice I'm naturally selfish, so I have no need. I wake up in the morning, and sometimes I'm snappy, and I'm extra irritated at the people around me. The Bible tells me to subject every thought and take every thought captive to Christ, but my faith alone teachings tell me never to obey Jesus. So I wouldn't care about any evil, lustful thoughts or selfish thoughts that appear in my mind. I don't need to, to take them captive or to um, resist them in any way, shape, or form. Entertaining these thoughts, these lustful thoughts or desires, well, that's fun, quite frankly, and over the months my mind would darken, and because I don't believe in resist, resisting the devil, 
with prayer, Bible reading, or taking every thought captive, or taking up my cross and, and dying daily, or resisting the devil, because I don't need to seek out the Holy Spirit for strength, or repent, well, that requires energy, and my teachings tell me that that's work, and seeking to walk in the Spirit is bad, because that's a work, and obeying Jesus and seeking the Lord, the Lord that's a work too, and I'm told to avoid that. So my life is easy and relaxing, and I have thousands of friends on YouTube and Facebook, and they agree with me. They agree with my worldly lifestyle of drinking and going to nightclubs and being sexually intimate with whoever I want and whenever I want to. I'm glad I don't have to be like those other crazy Christians who talk about following Jesus and actually obeying him. Jesus knows I'm a sinner, and he knows that I'm weak, and quite frankly... I, that's how I see myself, and you know I don't really need to obey him, because that's what they teach me. They say that it's faith alone. So yuck, could, could you actually imagine trying to obey Jesus? What fun would that be? I love sex and drinking and doing drugs with my friends. It's natural. And watching pornography, that's natural too. And, well, everyone does it, even the pastors and elders. They promote it even. I don't want to have a relationship with Jesus. That would interfere with how I want to live. God is love. God understands I'm a sinner. I'm under grace. And I don't really need to change or follow the Lord. So if you would, please excuse me. I have a strip club party to attend, and I can't be late. All right. So if you've heard that, you are hopefully just as disgusted as I am. And that is how many people live their lives. It's hard for me to even read it, and I'm not going to read that again on any other uploads, okay? Because this is why I tell people, you must be born again, that you will know them by their fruit. The Bible has it over and over again, to not be like the dog who goes back to his vomit. It tells us, for if after they've escaped the pollution of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that they are again, these Christians, entangled, a second time entangled in them, and they're overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. We have... 200 times in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, 200 times we have the command to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not optional. Christians must obey Jesus. It is his love language. Okay, Jesus says, anyone who does not love me, if you do not love Jesus, you will not obey his teachings. This is what the Bible says. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. This is what the Bible says. Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to make them, that they'll come and make our home with them, okay? That's what Jesus says. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and with all your mind, okay? So we do need to obey the Lord. It's literally in the Bible over 200 times. Matthew 28, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hebrews 5, 9, and he became the source. You want your eternal security? It's right here. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Very, very, very important. Okay? We need to obey the Lord. It's not taught anymore. The Bible tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It tells us to to present our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Okay? It even tells us to overcome by he that over that he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Okay? We need to overcome. We need to be filled with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And it's God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So I hope this encourages one of you who really need to hear this. Okay, We do have the command 
to turn from our sin. Paul, the great grace teacher, okay? This is what the hyper-grace community, they idolize this guy more than Jesus, okay? Because they say, war of Paul, war of Paul. This is what Paul says. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. And do not present your bodies as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. And sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but you are under grace. That is right. Okay? Real grace is holy living, and it's not a license to sin. So many have been lied to. So many. This is, so, this is exactly, I've seen it in dreams, I've seen it in visions. This is why the Holy Spirit is so grieved, okay? Because Sodom and Gomorrah, the church of 2020, okay? The church, this is why Jesus is saying, come out of her, my people, okay? Lest you take part in her plagues. Revelation 18.4, come out of her, my people. Very important that we come out of the world. All right, I don't want to make this too long. You can look at my other uploads if you're curious about what the Bible says about sin. Uh, the word repentance is in the Bible over 170 times. It is the basic foundation, okay? We must repent, which means to turn away from sin. True repentance leads to salvation. Don't let, any, don't let anyone lie to you. We need to turn. Godly sorrow produces repentance, and it leads to salvation. All right? So God bless you guys. I don't want this to go too long, but this was for someone, okay? Seek after the Lord. We don't have much time left. Hopefully the Lord comes this year. If not, he'll come next year. We don't know the day or the hour, but we do know the season. And you must be born again. So keep panting after the Lord, all right? John 14 was a promise. That promise was to go in the Father's house. And if you, and it's not even in John, it's not just in John 14, guys. It's also in Isaiah. Isaiah sees, Isaiah 26 Awaken, seeing you who dwell in dust. Okay, for your dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. He tells us to take refuge from the coming judgment. Come, hey people, enter your chambers. Shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth. Over and over again. Titus 2.13, Malachi 3.17, 1 Thessalonians. I know all the verses, okay? It's there in the Bible. The rapture is solid. Okay, the harpazo, the catching away, all right, it's there. So it's our responsibility to abide, to stay with the Lord, and that's why we have that. So I do hope this encourages someone, uh, this testimony. Uh, I hope it is confirmation for what the Lord has given you. All right, stay, abide, persevere, strive. These are the verbs that the Lord has given us. Verb tense, the faith in action, okay? God bless you all. I'll see you guys on the next upload. You guys take care.